David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. a.m. the 26th of November 2019. This is episode 169 of Bitcoin and BitPay. Crypto exchange to delist Monero due to money laundering concerns. But first, a reminder, I'm going to do some short shows this week. Um, Yesterday's was not so short. I was really actually rather surprised. So we'll, we'll try again for today. Uh, this is your odd Tuesday Bitcoin and I don't normally do Tuesdays and Thursdays, but since it is the holidays and all, I get a chance to shake things up and, you know, w- you know, let's do it. Um, also, another reminder, if you can uh, like, share, beat your friends over the head with my podcast, go give it a review over at iTunes. It really does help uh, get the word out. And I really, I have just absolutely sucked at marketing. <laughs> I what, what do you expect? I'm not a marketer. I'm not like, you know, some of the people that came into the space who knew how to market <clears throat> and, you know, all their stuff blew up within a month or two months or something like that, you know, learning as a go, learning as a go people. But yeah, like, share, go over, give me a, a review on iTunes. That would be really cool, man. It'd be, it would be really cool. I'm sorry, before we get into that Monero story and the rest of the morning roundup, I want to uh, do vital statistics. So let's do that first, because I, like I said, I'm trying to, uh, I'm using the holidays to try to uh, spin stuff around and do different things. So let's do the vitals first, like I did yesterday. We have Bitcoin at 7,145. It looks like we, that, it looks like the high, wow, that that's a hell of a high, the highs at Coinsbit at 7,392, and we got a low over at HitBTC at 7,085. Set 7,085. That's one of the, that's like a $300, $300 spread. I haven't seen one of those that wide in a while. We have had 301,500 transactions made in the last 24 hours, 12,500 transactions being made per hour on average. 1.2 million BTC have been sent over the last 24 hours with an average being sent per hour of 52,643. Average transaction value is 4.19 BTC or right around $30,000. The median transaction value is 0.041 BTC, right around $300. Interesting. We have extraordinarily high block times, people. 12 minutes and 38 seconds, giving us only five blocks per hour on average where they should be six. And the reason is we've dipped in hash rate, as you would expect. 
Okay, so now we have 0.36 BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis, 41 BTC being taken overall in fees in the last 24 hours. And as I said, we've lost another 10% of hash rate in the last 24 hours, bringing us below 80 to 76.7 exahashes per second. Devs don't give a shit because yesterday was their last commit to the uh, core repository. Ethereum is at 145, Bcash at 210, Litecoin at 47, BSV at 107, Ethereum Classic at 4, Dogecoin, oh God, oh man, I haven't seen Doge this low in a while. 0.0023 at 27,000 transactions over the last 24 hours. Doge is walking all over, you guessed it. Litecoin mempools deep. We got 17 blocks in and 24,000 unconfirmed transactions. So the mempool size is sitting from what I can see on mempool.space is 20 megabytes. Every single block that I'm seeing going past is above one megabyte in size. Lightning network. Oh, let's see. We have 10,575 lightning nodes that we can see. We have uh, 832 BTC in capacity on the network. We have only put up four new nodes in the last 24 hours, which represents a 50% decline on a day-over-day period. And the new channels, we only have 43, which also represents a 54, 55% decrease in channel addition in the last 24 hours on a day-over-day basis. And that's going to do it for Vitals. Now, continuing on with shit company delisting shitcoin, or rather BitPay crypto exchange to delist Monero due to money laundering concerns. This is Adrian Zmitsky writing for Cointelegraph sometime this morning. Ahem. Cryptocurrency exchange BitPay will delist privacy-centric cryptocurrency Monero due to money laundering concerns. The exchange announced the decision on November the 25th, noting that the delisting will take place on February the 19th, 2020. The exchange explained its decision, quote, Monero can selectively utilize anonymity features among projects. This feature of XMR is a subject to end of transaction support. The decision was made to block the possibility of money laundering and inflow from external networks, end quote. On November the 29th, the exchange will already stop accepting XMR deposits. Due to the upcoming Monero blockchain fork, XML, XMR withdrawals will not be possible from November the 29th to December the 5th. BitPay will end trading support on February the 19th, after which it will cancel all buy and sell orders. The exchange asked that all Monero holders withdraw their XMR by May the 20th, 2020. Poland-based BitPay is the 90th largest cryptocurrency exchange by 24-hour trade volume, according to data from Coin360. At press time, the exchange has a daily trade volume of just over $20.7 million U.S., 
BitPay explained that as a regulated exchange, it must follow market standards and regulations regarding consumer protection and reporting practices. As such, it noted that Monero and other privacy coins had already been delisted from several cryptocurrency exchanges. In November, major cryptocurrency exchange OKX delisted a slew of privacy-oriented coins, including Monero, Dash, Zcash, Horizon, and Super Bitcoin. <laughs> Super Bitcoin, yes. I wonder if it wears a cape. The exchange said that the coins fell afoul of new guidelines set out by the Financial Action Task Force. As Cointelegraph illustrated in a dedicated analysis, the overall climate in the cryptocurrency industry is increasingly unfriendly towards privacy-centric projects such as Monero. In a recent example, the German Federal Ministry of Finance expressed concerns about the rising use of privacy tokens due to their association with you guessed it, criminal activities and difficulties in tracking them. So, <clears throat> yeah, BitPay, like I give a living flying ass about anything that company does, says, or whatever. One of the worst companies in the Bitcoin space, <clears throat> continuously on the wrong side of every single argument, basically has bent over to, to the government installed KYC AML, has done everything that is antithetical to the entirety of the space. Now, all that said, this is going to happen. And it's not going to just happen with BitPay. It's going to happen with a whole bunch of companies. This will continue. In fact, this is going to be a theme going forward, which is one of the reasons why all of us in the space that actually have some semblance of what's going on have been warning for years to get out of shit coins. Don't do it. Also, it should be noted that <clears throat> the argument for priv on-chain privacy in Bitcoin could be problematic. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I know better because I don't. I just don't. It just seems to me that if the layer the if the first layer of bitcoin being the bitcoin system itself somehow or another introduces privacy problems will occur on exchange uh, on the exchanges and and i i don't trade okay i don't think you should trade but if you want to do that by all means go do that and you should have a place to be able to go do that I don't think you should. I'm just saying, if that's your choice, you should be able to do it, and you should have a place to go do it at. But if privacy starts to come on to Bitcoin at the at the at the base layer, there's going to be problems. Which is one of the reasons why I like stuff like Lightning Network. It enables privacy not on the base chain, and I for for me that seems like a much more organic way to go about this that mimics what I've seen in nature and natural systems and the ability for some systems to grow and flourish and other systems to die away. Generally speaking, the systems that die away don't have options for lack of a better term. In this case, if we had privacy on the main chain, we would lack the option of having it Clear, free and clear, where we can see and it's 21 million uh, coin market cap 
is, or the, the coin cap is always visible, is always auditable, and is never obfuscated. And if privacy comes on chain, that could be a problem. If privacy comes on chain, it could, like, there could be like no cryptocurrency exchanges left because everything is going to get freaking delisted. Also, if, it comes if privacy is enabled not on the on the on the base layer but on layers 2 3 and on then we have the option and at that point we it it becomes much more difficult to kill because now we're dealing with two heads one is free and clear and amcable or amlable or whatever the hell you want to call it and the other is not and then we'll get third layer and we'll we'll get a second second layer I mean, I don't think Lightning Network is going to be the only second layer by a long shot. I just think it's the coolest thing right now. I just think anonymity would probably be best left to second, third, and and on layers. Also, go check out BISC, B-I-S-Q. If you want to do trade, if you just can't keep your hands off of trading these things, go use BISC. Because they're not going to delist, they might delist something, but only because it's a known scam or something. In in either event, just go check out BISC for all of your decentralized tr- trading needs that really doesn't give a shit about AM, <laughs> KYC, AML. Continuing on. Um, oh, I, I do want to mention one thing about this before I leave it. I, I made a tweet because I, I set up the show this way and I, I copy the uh, headline of, of the news story that I'm going to read. And then I'll say something, you know, quippy about it or something. And in this particular case, I've said shit co to delist shitcoin, And I get a reply back from that tweet from Shitoshi at O S H I S H I T. Oshi shit. And so Shitoshi says, here's your shitcoin." And then it gives me a link to this engine dot engine X dot IO. Uh, it, it, in either event, he's got this tweet attached to that that says Shitoshi white paper, shitcoin, a peer to peer electronic shitcoin system. And then it gives an email and everything. And then there's an introduction and all kinds of stuff. So I go to this thing and this, this engine, uh, engine dot IO forward slash E forward slash some other stuff. And if I go back, I need to go back one thing. I get like, it it really has an info assets and there's like under assets, there's 10 different shit coins. Apparently these are NFTs and like I'll click on one and read the the description of it. The one and only true shit coin with real value verified on blockchain backed by five engine coins only 10 unique tokens have been minted to celebrate the 10 year anniversary of blockchain shitcoin is the world's first crypto backed token with the original name shitcoin your unique shitcoin is a very rare and non-fungible asset there is a chance it might be worth even more in the future when other people realize you can make money out of shit applying for history books and world of records 2020 ETH haters, better luck next time. The engine ecosystem is fueled by engine coin, an Ethereum-based cryptocurrency used to directly back the value of blockchain assets. So it's it's this is such a bipolar thing that I that 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 I'm getting or I haven't gotten into it. I'm not going to get into it that way. I mean, just as far as reading the tweet and going to engine and realizing I can't tell whether they hate Ethereum and engine and and 
and shit coins or not. It's it's hard to tell, but thought it was funny. Thought I'd bring it to you. However, this one is not uh, all that funny. Bram Cohen <clears throat> decided to just go off on Ethereum and. I would. I have a tendency to listen to what Bram says. Why? Because he invented BitTorrent. <laughs> BitTorrent creator tees off against Ethereum. Ali Raza is writing sometime this morning for Bitcoinist.com. Bram Cohen, the creator of BitTorrent, recently spoke out against Ethereum in a 28-post tweet storm outlining his concerns about the project's viability. <clears throat> The crypto community is no stranger to drama, and a new one is seemingly unfoldingly unfolding right now. Recently, Ethereum's co-founder Vitalik Buterin shared a text under the title of Hard Problems in Cryptocurrency five years later. In the text, he elaborates on different aspects, plans, and issues that are or might start affecting the crypto industry, and especially Ethereum. However, while Buterin seems to be generally concerned about these issues, such as scalability, timestamping, arbitrary proof of computation, code obfuscation, hash-based cryptography, and more. Not everyone agrees. Cohen, <clears throat> Bitcoin, Bit, uh, BitTorrent creator, stood up against Buterin's claims on Twitter, basically dismissing most of them and pointing out that some solutions are not even worth considering right now for various reasons. He called Buterin's claims wrongheaded and began a 28-tweet long thread in which he addressed Buterin's claims point by point. For example, in the part of his text where he talks about blockchain scalability, Buterin mentions on-chain scaling with sharding as the only option worth considering. Cohen strongly disagrees, stating that payment channel networks are a much better way to go about it and are becoming a real thing. This appears to be one of the most concerning parts of Buterin's text, as he sees it as a sure way to end up requiring miners to have all of the shards. According to him, that would not be sharding but redefining what a full node is. Of course, Buterin did not claim this himself, but Cohen sees it as a very likely result if the technology behind crypto heads down this path. <clears throat> Cohen addresses the rest of Buterin's points in a similar manner, usually disagreeing with his viewpoints or claiming that some solutions are still underdeveloped to be considered seriously at this time. One example of the latter concerns Buterin's view on arbitrary proof of computation. Cohen commented that there is a lot of very exciting stuff going on. However, he noted that he would not dare to look into it seriously for at least a few more years. He does have high hopes for the concept, though he clearly believes to it to be underdeveloped at this time. There are also points that Buterin made that Cohen sees as unnecessary. Code obfuscation is one such element where the Ethereum co-founder hopes for further progress, while Cohen believes that ZK techniques already fulfill pretty much all use cases in practice. He also hit close to home for Ethereum by commenting that POSs continue to be a bad idea. He believes it to be fundamentally weak in security model that will cause countless additional technical issues. He admits that there is, was some progress in the field, but he still doesn't seem to have much faith in it. He also commented on timestamping, claiming that it is fine as it is and there is no need to bring in additional changes. <clears throat> Blockstream CEO Adam Back also decided to weigh in on Cohen's tweet storm against Vitalik, comparing the Ethereum co-founder to the disgraced founder of Theranos, Elizabeth Holmes. Ooh, damn, Adam. Come on, man. That's a little low. I mean, I'm not a really a big fan of Vitalik either, but, you know, there's always the possibility that Vitalik actually believes in his load of crap. It happens. 
it happens out of this industry all the time. So yeah, what are you going to do, man? All right. This next one is most likely false, but it's something to at least think about. Bitcoin life lesson. User claims for getting brain wallet worth $13 million. This is William Suberg writing for Cointelegraph. As I read this, keep in mind, this is most likely fake because of where the whole thing comes from. A Bitcoin investor has allegedly lost access to funds over worth over 12.9 million after failing to record the passphrase for their wallet. In what may become the latest timely lesson for the wider Bitcoin user base, Reddit account there, and that's why Reddit, okay, this is coming out of Reddit guys. So take all of this with a grain of salt. However, there is something to be said about this whole thing. Redder account, you lumbricon or whatever, claimed that as of November 26th, their balance of 1800 BTC, BTC was out of reach. The user said the coins were originally so- stored in a so-called brain wallet <clears throat> in 2016. When attempting to recover the wallet using the passphrase generated at the time, however, the wallet does not unlock. A brain wallet is a form of Bitcoin wallet which normally involves no physical or digital record of its passphrase at all. Instead, users create a passphrase which is easy to recall but difficult to crack. An example is a simple sentence which swaps out standard letters for symbols that resemble those letters. Quote, besides memorizing the passphrase, I also wrote it down in a book. Then, now, when I keyed in the passphrase, it doesn't generate the address where I've sent 1800 BTC to, he explained in an accompanying post. Analysis of the claims produces questions. According to data from monitoring resource BitInfo charts, only two wallets with an initial balance of around 1800 BTC appeared in 2016. Both saw multiple subsequent inbound transactions while 1,000 BTC left one of them in 2017. A Reddit monitor subsequently marked the post as likely fake. Bashko, <clears throat> the moderator of the R Bitcoin subreddit, took aim at brain wallets as a mean of Bitcoin storage. Quote, why is it called a brain wallet with anyone with an actual brain would never do something so stupid? The story is so dumb, I assume it's not real, he tweeted. <laughs> he also directly retweeted to my um, uh, uh, posting of this particular story and he t- with two words, likely fake. <laughs> Keep it in mind, likely fake. We'll get to why I'm even reading this at the end here. It's almost done. Um, Regardless of the complaint's authenticity, however, the need to protect the private keys to cryptocurrency balances continues to gain attention in 2019. As Cointelegraph reported, a dedicated drive to make users take control of their holdings will hold its second annual event on January the 3rd next year. Known as proof of keys, the event demands anyone who owns cryptocurrency control their own private keys. On Monday, meanwhile, fresh findings from Exchange Binance revealed the vast majority of institutional investors using its services, around 92%, did not control their private keys. So the, the, that's the end of the thing. It's it's likely fake. You know, it's, uh, what are you going to do? It's probably fake. However, brain wallets scared the piss out of me. The, the concept is awesome because here's what the concept does for you. You create a passphrase. You memorize the passphrase or in some form or fashion without it being written down anywhere. The the fact that he said that he wrote it down in a notebook automatically makes it not a brain wallet, by the way. 
a true brain wallet is only kept in your head. And that way you can walk naked across any border in the world with tens of billions, well, let's say tens of million, hundreds of millions of dollars, and nobody would be the wiser. The problem with the brain wallet is, is that what happens if you <clears throat> have irreparable brain damage? What happens if over the years you don't exercise your brain wallet and unlock your, your wallet um, w- using what you've memorized to make sure that you've continued... That it, it goes on and on. So th- the upside is nobody can tell that you're carrying any kind of Bitcoin around with you. The downside is forgetting it because once it's forgotten, you're toast. You're toast, you're toast, you're toast. Second thing I will say, do remember January the 3rd, uh, Proof of Keys. That's Trace Mayer's deal. If you're not following Trace Mayer, you can go find him over at uh, Bitcoin Knowledge uh, so Bitcoin knowledge podcast, just look for, just Google Bitcoin knowledge podcast and trace or trace mayor, M a Y E R. You'll find him. Um, he's, he's actually, it was actually his podcast that I, it was the first one I found in the space. Thank God I found his first. Thank God. That's all I'm going to say about that. <clears throat> but his uh, proof of keys event is coming up January 3rd. If you hold any of your coins on exchanges, get them off either on or before January the 3rd. Control your private keys because without the keys, you don't have any coin. And Or if you think you do, you're just lying to yourself. Okay, let's see. Who's writing this one? David Pan is writing for Coindesk sometime yesterday. <clears throat> Unregistered ICO issuer Gladius shuts down nine months after the SEC settlement. Crypto startup Gladius Network, LLC, announced it would close its operations via Telegram message on Thursday, several months after settling charges of selling an unregistered security with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, otherwise known as the SEC. The Washington-based, Washington, D.C.-based firm reached a settlement with the SEC in February over its 2017 initial coin offering. As part of the settlement, Gladius was supposed to refund investors who participated in the $12.7 million sale. The regulator said it would not impose any penalty on Gladius because the firm self-reported the token sale. As part of the settlement, Gladius was required to file a registration statement by May 20th, 2019, according to the Wall Street Journal. While the deadline was extended to November 18th, it is unclear whether the company actually filed the statement. Quote, despite our best efforts, the company no longer has funds to continue operations, the firm said in an announcement last week. We regret to inform you that the Gladius Network has ceased operations effective immediately, exit scam. The company plans to leave its code on GitHub for the next three months, allowing anyone who is interested to work on their own version of the project. Quote, we still believe in the power of our technology, shitcoin. And if anyone in the community is interested in pursuing it, we welcome it. Gladius said Gladius started to sell its GLA token in exchange for Ether in October of 2017 and aimed to incentivize people to use its network. The firm raised nearly 24,000 ETH when it completed the token sale in December that year, according to a press release from the SEC. In November 2018, the SEC charged two crypto startups, Carrier EQ, also known as Airfox, and Paragon Coin, with violating security registration requirement requirements for their ICOs. 
The two firms later agreed to register the ICOs as securities after settling these charges. The regulator said Airfox and Paragon Coin are among the first cases imposing civil penalties solely on securing securities offering registration violations. Oh, God. The journal reports that both companies failed to pay the fines on time, though Airfox claims its deadline was extended through the end of December. Stop shitcoining because you're going to end up being one of the people that gets a notice that makes you take a giant dump. If you were a Gladius bag holder and you were on their whatever their their telegram group and you got this notice, you realized in an instant that all the shilling that you did of your bag and all the actual Bitcoin you lost to secure this crap is now gone. It's all gone. We tried to warn you, and every time we try, we every time we try to war, warn the shitcoin crowd that they are, they are, they're swimming in water without pants, shorts, bathing wear, underwear, whatever you want to say. They're in the water, totally naked, and either they believe that they have a bathing suit on, or they're trying to fool the rest of us. We're not fooled. When the tide goes out, you're gonna be left naked. Sorry, but that's just the way it is, man. I'm I'm sorry that you bought your shit coin. But like I said, we tried and we got labeled Bitcoin maximalist. We tried and we got labeled as hateful. We tried and we got told to STFU. And now ICO after ICO after ICO is being tagged, taken down, fined, closing their goddamn doors I don't even want to laugh about it. I don't want to even say I told you so about it. We tried. You didn't listen. There's your morning roundup. All right, so yesterday as part of the intro to the show, I uh, played a little bit of uh, James Brown, and I remembered how much I love that song, so let's do it. What?
have a daily train wrecked honorable mention but we're gonna get we're gonna get with the program and do dtr <clears throat> daily train wrecked is brought to you by safedine amis not in the way that you think he's replying to richard hart Wynn, who for whatever reason is desperate to debate anybody at all about either his hex coin, shit coin, or Bitcoin. It's becoming rather, I mean, he was, al- he was already kind of sad, you know, to begin with, because uh, if you didn't know anything about Richard Hart Wynn, oh my God, you should probably go look into his past. Uh, his real name escapes me. Richard Hart Wynn is not his real name. I think Richard is his real first name, but Hart Wynn is not. Um, real sketchy character. Um he was out in Costa Rica for a long time, and as near as I can tell, and it's been corroborated by a couple of sources, he was a spam email spam king for a long time, and he made a shit ton of money by stuffing your email box with spam for years. And then there's some questionable death and murder of his business partner <clears throat> down there in Costa Rica, and... I don't know, some tales about him running for his life and hiding sounds a whole lot like some uh, other people that we know, McAfee. In either event, let's get to the exchange. Richard Hart Wynn writes the following tweet. At Safedine, I think you misunderstand Bitcoin. I would like to point out a few things you might have missed. Let's have a chat. We can live stream it if you like. Safedine writes back, I think you should go fuck yourself and your stupid shitcoin blocked. Yes, sir. That's what we call a mighty tight slap in the face. Yeah, I don't think that that debate's going to go down anytime soon there, Richard. Uh, That's what I like about safe. Uh, Safe has a tendency to lose his patience really quick. So, yeah, uh, that was glorious to see. Thank you, Safedine, for shutting Richard up. Toot sweet. Uh, the honorable mention that I got here is, uh, I'm not going to read the article, but Full Beer Bottle, also known as Empty Beer Bottle, has a continuing tweet thread that he, he adds to every once in a while of really stupid headlines. And this last one is absolutely, you know, no, God, this may very well be the stupidest one on his list. 
this was written on November the 23rd. You guys might have seen it, but it says <clears throat> it's from Forbes. Oh, there's it's oh my god, it's Forbes. It must be true. Oh god. Mike O'Sullivan has the headline from Bitcoin to no coin crypto world under pressure as values tumble. All right. So I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to read the article. You want the article? You can go to my timeline, my, my curated Twitter timeline for the morning roundup, which is the uh, uh, link is in the show notes and you can go click on that thing and, and read it for yourself. The The honorable mention part comes from, comes from Mike O'Sullivan's bio in uh, for Forbes. I've got a picture of it here where I've highlighted the most important parts. Uh, Mike O'Sullivan, most of my career has been spent in investment management the last 12 years at Credit Suisse, where I was the chief investment officer in the International Wealth Management Division. I started my career as an academic at Oxford and Princeton. You never, ever, ever ask the opinion about X if uh, of someone whose industry can be hurt by X about X. Don't you don't do it. They're going to tell you it sucks. The buggy whip create, you know, the manufacturers probably didn't have anything glowing to say about the automobile. The people that made horse bridles and saddles and yokes and all that kind of shit probably didn't have anything good to say about automobiles either. The people that used ox and donkeys and all manner of animals to pull plows, the people that made the gear, like the plows and all the stuff that, that went along with the rigging to hook the animals up to said plow probably did not have anything good to say about John Deere tractors or what, however, whatever started the whole tractor thing for agriculture. It's I'm, I'm sure somebody in the boating world had some shit to say about airplanes. I don't know, but it's the same story over and over and over again. Don't listen to stuff like this. Don't, I mean, if it's coming out of somebody like, I don't know, let's say, uh, let's say Andreas Antonopoulos one day stood up and said, you know what? I hate all cryptocurrency, including Bitcoin, including Ethereum. I hate it all. I've sold all of my stacks and I've bought into fiat and here's why. And then he provably actually somehow or another 100% was able to prove that he did get out of everything and into fiat. You might want to listen because somebody who spent that much of his career, you know, talking about Bitcoin suddenly just exiting the market. That would be something I might consider listening to. I might, but I'm not going to listen to somebody who started their life as an economic academic and then goes work, goes and work for the banks and investment houses that have been tantamount in destroying the financial aptitude of the entire fricking planet. I'm not going to do it. There's your smoldering pile. Terrible Joke Corner brought to you by Dad Says Jokes. I want to tell you about a girl who only eats plants. You've probably never heard of herbivore. Get it? That's great. That's great wordplay. That is excellent wordplay. Makes for seriously terrible jokes. Um, okay, again, we're going to go ahead and do the out. I want to remind you, like, share, 
give me a five-star review on iTunes. It would be, it's, it's, it's already been helpful. I'd like it to be more helpful. I have some cash in a jar and I keep it on top of the fridge. I want to put more cash in that jar. That's where you come in. Um, it, it would be great. And I really appreciate those of you who have, who have taken the time of their lives that they'll never get back to give me that minute or two or, or five minutes of their time again, that they'll never get back to say some nice things about the podcast. It's very helpful, very wonderful to see always great. And I really, 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 really do appreciate that. Um, going to be a weird week. It's going to be weird. A f- FUD is coming, flowing in from all over the place. I read, I was talking about that one story of Forbes from Michael Sullivan. That ain't the only Forbes article that came out in the last few days talking about the death of Bitcoin. I think we may top 400 in the Bitcoin obituaries after this last drop. So look, you're either going to hold, you know, if you want to, if, if you're going to hold to zero, then have the strong hands. You know, I, you know, at this point, I think a lot of us are in it with casino, quote unquote, casino money. Um, and if that is so, then if it does go to zero, then we're still, we're still kicking out with a whole bunch of new friends, a whole bunch of new possibilities for our lives. And, and by the way, it's not going to go to zero. That's ridiculous. One of the things that I thought about the other day was even one coin has value. I don't even, I, I don't even know how, but somehow or another, and that ain't the only really shitty scam coin that is actually still actively traded and somehow or another has value. So I've come up with a theory. Once a thing is assigned a value by enough people that that value proposition is transferred at least once, then that thing will never lose value to zero. I don't think it's possible. I think somehow or another, the entity itself has been stamped intrinsically and that it's become part of its being and it's never going to lose its value all the way to zero. If one coin can still actually have a price or freaking BitConnect for that matter, if it can still have a price, nothing that's ever been assigned value is ever going to go straight to zero. It's impossible. That's just a theory. It's just my thought, but there it is. And I will see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.